So this week, before we get into this juicy podcast with um, our guest Steel Retchless, who for a long time held the record for most tackles in a Super League game of 66, only been beaten by one other person recently. Um, we want to thank you for the support from Brick Lane Brewing Company, which he has um, invested interest in and is a part of. So the Brick Lane Brewing community began when 25 friends came together with a plan to do things a bit differently. The Brick Lane community is an idea celebrating the great brewing community in Australia, creating a place where all makers and lovers of good beer can come together. So you really want to say thanks to Brick Lane. They know the little... The, the little reach we have at the moment but we, we're growing and they support us greatly by giving us way more beer because we're fucking alcoholics on this show and we uh, expect more than what they um, told us that they would and that's just the type of company they are and we'd also like th- to say thanks to mates which is m-a-a-a-t-e-s merchandise.com giving you the best double pluggers and also proceeds for the sales of mates merchandise.com goes towards um, companies like mates for mates in the military and supporting mental health within the workforce so i hope you enjoy the podcast and um dano uh stop dogging the boys on the seventh day god created the right man and said, go forth with your full head of hair, my son. So, church on a Sunday, as Wrighty will be preaching the good word of football any given Monday. And we're back. Here we are, round four of the NRL, and everything's going along. Boys, back together again. Before we get into the footy, boys, how was your week? Yeah, good. Good, good. good. More, more things happening in the world now. Yeah, Dano's coughing a bit of flack. He, um, so Dano's recently got a missus, and yeah, now yeah. He, I heard he's dogging the boys straight away for the missus yeah, last that's night. All, I saw yeah, the right, boys let's clear this up real quick. <laughs> okay, go I, for it, man. I sent Walsh a message in the morning saying, I'll come over, mate, I'll watch the first game of footy with you, and then yeah. I've got dinner at home. He said, yeah, no, nah, no worries, come around. So I went around and had a few beers, and then first game sort of finished... Miss come pick me up and I went home. And then as I'm leaving, I'm getting flack because Jakey Morris was there as well. And they're both just into me, calling me a dog, blah, blah, blah. I get home and within the half an hour, there's a post on Facebook and I'm getting absolutely rinsed left, right and center from everyone. It's like, how, how is this a thing? I cleared my name early by texting in the morning. And then I'm glad I did because it turns out Walshie and Jakey and that just... Fucking got themselves written off and they look like busted asses today. Anyway. But is it also like, think about them when they first started their misses. What the fuck would have they done? You I, know, never, they I didn't done the see same Jack thing. for six months. He was like indisposed the whole time. Yeah. I was like, all right. Everyone, don't, like that first, that honeymoon stage is where you do kind of, you're like, oh, I got to go see the girl, you know? <laughs> and you, you've done it a yeah. bit later as a 37 year old, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Whatever. No, I noticed a lot of people we knew commented on that post yeah, too. Thanks, Seemed thanks, to Adam. reach. Far and wide with people. Yeah, people you. don't mind getting on just to roast me. Post something positive and no one's there. Anyway. No one cares about positivity. Exactly. You post something, bag rinse something. Someone, it's on. So, um, you know, last week um, I had that, uh, went over to Cantoni's for the, his 41st birthday party. You know, did I tell you on the pod how I left um, about 3 a.m.? So me, Offerdale and his missus, I was being, his missus was the ones not drinking too much. So she drove us home. 
but Cam Tony came around today and we we're talking about it more because he was pretty blind. He was like, what, what happened when you just left? And I go, all right. So when we left, there was three guys left. It was you, there was Pittman and there was, um, Michael, oh, I forget he's, he's a pommy, but he's a great bloke. And, um, and Pittman and Michael are just dancing, right? They're just dancing in like the kitchen. And uh, I go to Cantoni, I go, mate, we got to leave. And he's like, how can you fucking leave me? Look what's happening here. Cantoni's sitting on the couch. There's two guys dancing with each other. Yeah. And then we, we're walking out the side and you see Cantoni through the window and he's going, what the fuck, bro? And, and I just I just shrugged and go, bye. And they just leave today. It's one thing I've learned in life. When you're at a party and it ends up two dudes dancing in a kitchen... There's time to bail out unless that's your flavour. Okay? Just <laughs> it got to that point, they were like, oh, there's no girls here. Fuck it, we'll dance with each other. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so right, man, you want to introduce our guest, mate? Well, another big guest. Great journeyman of the past. Steel Ratchless, local boy from Valleys. How are you, Steel? Thanks for... And more importantly, one of our sponsors. One somewhere here with Brick Lane. Brick Lane looking after us here on any given Monday. So we massively appreciate that. How you going, mate? Thanks for coming on board. I'm great, Righty. Thanks for having me along, boys. Good no, to be here. No worries. No worries. How's your week been? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, pretty good. The business side of things going well. Uh, coming out of COVID, got some pubs opening back up, which is good for all of us. Mm. To, uh, I'm getting sick uh, sick and tired of having to drink out of a can and not out of a, uh, a nice frosty oh, schooner oh, glass. Mate. I don't know about you, boys. I'm, uh, I didn't get the opportunity to get to a... Get to a pub this week, but next week, definitely for sure. Yeah. It's funny, Man. when you see on Facebook, some pubs like Elephant and Wheelbarrow and that, uh, Pig and Whistle and that in the city, opportunities to come in to watch a footy and you start looking at it and they want to sting for you 50 bucks per person or something to sit there for four hours and you're going... I don't know what you get with this fifty-five bucks, but what, so they sting you as a like it's a like rental, a, it's fee. like a cover yeah, charge, per oh, person, yeah, yeah. Book, booking fee, sort of booking yeah. fee. Oh, okay, so it's obviously they've got limited numbers, so they're trying to make as much money out of each yeah. person as you can. But then again, if you're going to go in, do the right thing. Like I went to the Stafford Tab for lunch on Saturday with the old girl, and got a schooner finally. Thank God yeah. for that. But um, we went in there and we both ordered big meals and put the topper on there that wouldn't normally do get a couple of beers instead yeah. of just the one I went to the Stafford Tab with the old girl the week before as oh, well I'm sure you did yeah she told me about that wow <laughs> but, yeah, no, you're, you just, you're, you're 100% right look go that little bit go extra in, go in have a feed have a few beers a lot of these people have been struggling they've been closed for yeah. months and they've got a you know, plethora of staff that they're trying to get back on deck as well mm. so yeah not don't just turn up and have a water and watch a couple of races get down there with a few mates yeah. yeah, punch some beers in, have a feed. Yeah, get if uh, let's get uh, let's get back society back on track. Yeah, eight, who eight doesn't eight, love eight. 100 beers on a sad day? Either, <laughs> I was I was telling the boys earlier. We um I went into a uh, it was our first like uh, mention without not knowing someone. So I went into a BWS. And uh, the guy behind the counter, his name's uh, Jack Forbes. Shout out to him. He started following us. But he said he's been watching, uh, every, listening to every episode because he saw it through one of his mate's feeds. And then I was having a good chat to him. And um, and because he, he just asked, he goes, oh, do did were you on a podcast recently? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I saw you do like a challenge. And I was like, oh, yeah, I do it at my house. It's a right, right man's pod, like, you know, right man's podcast. We do it here. And um and we get chatting and I was like yeah but also BWS go fuck yourself because you're not stocking brick lane so yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. they had on that with those side of things like those do you guys approach BWS and you'll you'll get into there or like yes yeah, like done nationally so 
uh, BWS being Woolworths. Oh, yeah. So we're not in with them, but we're in with Dan Murphy's. Oh, okay. Who are the you know, Dan Murphy's and then BWS. And yeah. then on the flip side, you've got First Choice and Liquorland. We're in, we're in with both of those. So it's it's all about ranging and getting at the right time when they're looking to range new beers and that sort of thing. But look, we're, we're pretty widely available now through Brisbane, yeah. which is great. Uh, and even as far up as Mossman, um, you can right. find our beers around the traps. Yeah, so... Or they're all going quite well. A few new beers landed this week, a couple of sours um, that um, have seemed to have uh, been pretty popular. And yeah. all that. A few days I got a couple of, which was weird, a couple of reorders already. People got their stock on Thursday and people Jeez. reordering oh, really? it off me yesterday. So, yeah, it's lovely. good. The beers are going well. They've been really well received and just easy drinking beers. So yeah, that's yeah. what we love, that's something that's want, uh, smashable. That's right. Yeah, well, once we got once we got that first case off here and Freddie started cracking them open, I thought, mate, i got to drive home. It's a Monday night. I get, and that's what I was saying. I up. was like fucking pushing my luck with Steely because I keep asking him for more. <laughs> nah, happy to help out. <laughs> once you get those supers, fuck. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, yeah watch I, the IPAs. Yeah, well, I saw... Um, Blake, that's, not, that's, not, that's an Uber. We'll that's an a, Uber. Yeah. Saturday podcast. Black Sheep's fully stocked with them again. I saw them the Savi. And I saw the supernovas were like sitting in front of just the lagers, and I was like, "Yeah, I know what they're doing." They're just- yeah, they're knocking you out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm in the process of trying to negotiate to get them sold at West Mitchie if we can Beautiful, work mate. something. Yeah. Out. We'll help you out. We'll, hopefully, we'll look after you with some prizes. Oh, nice. Hopefully, we can get that done. Yeah, that'd be great. Bloody good beer. Yeah. And then when we get like West plant, if depending how this all goes, when we get back to normality, if West, if two West sides playing after us, you get a fair crowd down there. So it sh- and should sell a few, like, yeah. which would be good. Speaking of getting back to normality, right? What's your um, take on how we're going? Obviously, you get back to training next week. Yeah, back to um, training. What, is, the... what does that look like from a coaching okay. standpoint for us? Well, the rules are at the moment. First off, it was good, you could only have twenty people at a facility, which would be ridiculous. That means that would enclose people <coughs> training and coaches. They've since <coughs> they've eased that and they've made it. They've made it a hundred. So with us with two sides there in the seniors at Mitchy, we'd both be able to train on two groups of no more than 20, including the coaching staff. We'd be able to train on the same field, but in at different ends. But in saying that you have to, there's a lot of restrictions like between training sessions, like when the, when the younger sides and that kick off, there's got to be 15 minutes between each training session. You got to clean, they're meant to clean the toilets and so forth. In between, um, people can't hang around in groups. You can't have the old chin ch- chin wag before or after training. Mm. You basically come and go. We're back training Thursday night. Kick off at kicking off at six forty five. Finishing seven thirty. In out. So when these restrictions eased, we're hoping you know when they we can train in bigger groups and just. You won't have to, the protocols won't be as tight. And you can, at the moment, if we were to play a game anytime soon, which we won't, wouldn't be, there's no contact. So we can't have any contact for a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not even hitting shields or anything like that. Um, so it's just going to have to be ball skills and running for the sounds, first month. Sounds you, Still, are you coaching at the no, 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 no. No, I haven't really had anything to do. I've been a spectator now for oh, geez, oh, 10, 11 years. The best, yeah. the best time. Anytime you've got a thousand things on during the week and looking at your phone to see if blokes are pulling out of games <laughs> or whatever's happening, think I could just go watch on Saturdays and only have to worry about this Saturday morning <laughs> at what time I need to be there. Yeah, but no, 
That's no, it's a love for the game that gets you in it right. That's what people ask oh, me. And you've got to. Oh, that's another thing you have to do. You have to do some sort of. I don't know if it's similar to a league safe course or any sort of safety course. People, most people have at their work. The COVID court. You've got to be the COVID officer. So if, say, Christian was the COVID officer, he's meant to try and enforce uh, us following the the guidelines and that, which would be hard too if you've got no medical background you're just asking a normal person who is not from that field not those fields at the moment we wouldn't be allowed you're not meant to even have spectators walk near the grounds and stuff Mm. while you're training i don't know how you prevent people from doing that but in the next few weeks we are hoping this all eases because at a club like mitchie and many others if you haven't got people there to sell like alcohol to uh food at the canteen and stuff like that there's no money coming in yeah. It's a almost waste of time. Who was your junior club? Valleys. Valleys. Yeah. Okay. So in, in Valleys, and you went into senior football from there, and then from there you went your first your first debut was Bronx. From West to Broncos. So, uh, yeah. No. So, yeah. so Valleys, and then I had two years at West. Yeah. And then to the Bronx after yeah. that. And West at that point that was the Brisbane competition. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, sweet. Yeah. So Pertel Park. Pertel. Yeah. Great. Great park. Had uh, two years there, but really six, two successful years. Won the comp in the first year there in '93, and then lost '94 grand final to Redcliffe. Yeah, which was that's uh, a fair effort for yeah, two and, seasons mate, when at I, one club. You know, I, we, my best mate Jared Kerr and I left Valleys and <clears throat> went to West, and West were in a pretty good run. They won '91 grand final, won the '92, and yeah. then yeah, so pretty pretty good sort of era for West that in the '90s, from '91 uh, right through to '90. Uh, when they get beat by Norse, was that 98? 98, when they yeah. were stuck with the yeah, Melbourne the, boys. Yeah. yeah all the, Matt Guy scored three tries. Yeah. But <laughs> Mitchie, Mitchie, talking about Mitchie, always a great club when I yeah. was playing juniors. They had a great, strong side. So when we had, it was like a, a division in your age group coming through. It was East, yeah. Valleys, West Mitchie and North Aspley. Yeah, who had the strongest, you know, strongest sort of teams, but yeah, they were they were our nemesis, Mitchie. They um, we we we, you know, win one game, lose one game, that always knock us out in the semis. Yeah. So yeah, who Good was club. your debut against when you debuted for the Bronx? Bronx remember was um, Penrith, Penrith at ANZ. Yeah, yeah. And how did that go, Silly? Like we we had um Milesy on, and I asked him to say similar question. When as as you were playing. Did you think, oh yeah, this is my like? Because Milesy had a story. He 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 said to us, he goes, I didn't think I'd get to that level of footy. I just love playing it. Were you? Did you see that as this is my? You know, this is my calling. I'm going to go through these levels. I always had a goal, obviously, to play first grade. Mine come at a later date. I got picked up at the Bronx as a 23 year old. Yeah. So all the blokes I played in the junior rep sides with, they all got picked up. Jason Smith, Danny Moore. Those blokes when yeah. they were seventeen, eighteen, I just, I just knew at some stage it had happened. I just had to keep working hard and and um, you know I listened to the interview I had with Miles and I'm the same as Miles. You know I was never a natural footballer. I had to work very hard um, and I knew I had to work hard if I wanted to succeed. Yeah. So you know doing extra sessions and that sort of thing to just you know to get myself in the in the best physical shape I could be and and to be seen by by these clubs coming through. So I think it's a life lesson for anyone, whether it's whether you're playing sport or work, if you want to 
if you want to get an Italian a goal, you've got to just keep working at it, working at it, working at it. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. Yeah. Because it will happen if you put the work in. And transitioning from being a from being a reserve grade player to then coming into the, into top grade, what sort of different changes and what sort of challenges did that bring? Like for you personally, did you find anything harder, like anything that didn't feel comfortable about going into first grade, or did you sort of get in there and take it by the horns and sort of um, feel comfortable there, or was it still a bit surreal that you were there? And then again, moving on to Super League, did that um, also feel a bit different? Did you get comfortable instantly, or did you? You struggle to find your feet. That or? was pre-Super League. It was ARL at the oh, crushes. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it was. Um, it was go with Glamour Club. All these blokes are moving into, you know, Lazo, um, Renoff, Walters, yeah. Langer. But the the, the the they just pull you aside. Those guys and say, mate, when you come into the side, we just need you to do this. Just do your job. You yeah. don't need to worry about what's going to happen to six plays in advance, three or four plays in advance, mate. Just do what you do in res- that, that, one of the things they said was. Do what you're doing in reserve grade. That's why you've got picked here. Yep. Mm. So I just if that, and that's with the good teams. And I look at the Storm, and it's an ex- perfect example of them. You get these guys that Bellamy picks out that were going to leave another club, and they were never a big name. Yep. When they get there, just do your job. Yes. Mm. Let all the other guys around you, who are the superstars. Yeah, you know, do what they do. Yeah, you just do your job. And and also going ninety five Bronx, you're going. You're full time rugby league player, right? A ninety five, no, no. Okay, I was. Uh, so when I played in Australia, I was never. I was never full time. Okay, I, I worked. Yeah. So I would. Um, I'd get up in the morning. I'd go to work, and then I'd have to go to the Bronx, and we do. We do training. Yeah. And then I'd have to go and do weights with the reserve grade guys after it. Because uh, that would fit the schedule, is that? Well, I, I, yeah, I had to fit in. Had to fit in. Yeah, um, had to fit everything in around that, and that was never fun when you get down there and get flogged on a, on a um, get flogged, and then have to wait around and do a wait session after it with the other boys. But you just do what you do. As what, I said, what were you doing in. for work? I was working for an ins- uh, AMP insurance company okay. straight out of school, and then I worked that in both at the Bronx and at the at the Crushers as well. Yeah. Must have been a bit of a reality check going to the crushes because I've known a few mates who have been there over the years and they just said it was it wasn't as organised or as established as as other clubs. It was in its infancy, and then that ninety seven year was the last year they were around. They ran out of money, weren't they? Or something. Yeah, that's like that. That, that's the year I got there, mate. <laughs> yeah. So basically, what happened, right? It was ninety five, ninety six. They had all the big name guys there. A lot of guys who had come to the end of their careers. And uh, when I went in 97, uh, well, I'll jump back here, 96, I thought everything was going really well. Uh, Super League was coming in. If you're in the top 24, you were going to be on 100 and something thousand. I thought, this is great. I can give work away. Yeah. My wife was pregnant with our first child then. And I thought, this is perfect. So as it got oh, probably just after halfway through the season, we got called in and they said, boys, um, we just want to let you know that, unfortunately, with the salary cap for Super League, the uh, the amount of money we've got to spread out is only going to go to the to eighteen blokes. Okay. So well. and and again, look at look look at the team. the The game there was a game on um, Fox the other night. It was a semi final. I was lucky enough to play in. Yeah. We played Canberra. Oh, I remember Park. it. And like, both sides had like, I think we had like over half the. Um, Queensland Origin team, 
Yeah. And there was Origin and New, uh, New Zealand Internationals playing for Canberra. It was unbelievable. Yeah. So you, you knew the money wasn't going to go as far as it would. And so they sort of said, you know, you're going to, um, we can't offer you that money because sort of keep you on the same money you're on. And there was an opportunity, Kelvin Giles, who was our strength and conditioning coach in mine in 95 at the Bronx had gone to the Crushers uh, for the 96 season. And then uh, he said, look, what's happening? What are you doing? I said, at this stage, I've, I've got nothing. I've, I'm, th- uh, I'm a bit disappointed in what's happened here at the Bronx. I can stay here. But again, most likely play Reggie's yep. all year again. So okay, there was an opportunity to, uh, to go to the Crushers in 97. And yeah, the, you, you can tell that There'd been a mass exodus and a lot of the guys who turned up in 97 were just young blokes wanting to have a crack. Mm-hmm. I think we had Matty yeah. Toshak and Craig Wilson come up from North Sydney. Yeah. And they were probably two of the most experienced blokes in the side. Okay. We got, I just, we, going, not going on to questions yet, but um, Mitch Paisley, a guy that we have on regularly here, he had a, he had a good question to line up with the crushers. He said, um, what was it like playing alongside Queensland legends like Gil Meister and then being able to watch careers like Norton and Shavosky developed from that? He'd retired by but 97, yeah. yeah. So the likes of Gillian Honey and all these guys, yeah. they'd left. Ah, okay. They'd left at the end of 96. Oh, okay. So when I got there, as I said, I think the young blokes there were Clint Chikovsky was there, uh, Travis Norton had gone. I think he was up the Cowboys Was then. Phil Lee still there then? Phil Lee had gone Back Bill Lee the- had swapped over. He'd gone back to the Bronx. Um, and yeah, as I said, just a mob of young blokes. Mark, uh, Mark Tukey yep. was there. Just, as I said, just a bunch of good young blokes who wanted to have a crack. You know, I'd, I'd had, what, 11, 11 first-grade games in the NRL. Yeah. Uh, Clinton O'Brien was there who left and went on to win a premiership with uh, Newcastle. Danny Nutley. Danny Nut- Nutters was there, yeah. Good man yeah. Nuts, he was there. So look, and, and there were some there were some good young blokes. We just didn't have that experience around us that we needed. Just a couple of good old heads to guide us around the park, and and a good probably you know uh, probably if we'd have had a good you know couple of good props, yeah, better props because I ended up playing prop. Uh, <laughs> a good you know halfback and a really good attacking centre. Yeah. I think we would have done a lot better. But as is with all things that uh, aren't run well, it got wound up at the end of the year. And a lot of us, you know, a lot of us actually ended up over in the UK in Super League yeah. over there. And so, then some of the other young blokes, you know, filtered out into other NRL clubs. And so from there, Bronx, London Bronx. Yep. And that that's like, what, six years at the Bronx, the London Bronx. Yep. And that, that, that would be like your core of your professional career. Over yeah, there. yeah, seven yeah. years over there. It was great. Two hundred There's 202 first grade games yeah. over there. Um and yeah, great times over there. Yeah, I love the English style of footy, yeah. and uh, I'm seeing you, you can just see like the the English guys down there at Canberra now. There's that mm. free free flowing footy. They love it. Oh, they love it. Yeah. They they thrive on it, and it's what the game's all about over there. It's not about defence over there. It's about yeah. scoring tries and and putting on a show for your fans. So yeah. that's why I think um, the boys from Canberra are really adapting really well to this yeah. style of play. It's all off the cuff stuff. It's look up, eyes up, see what's in front of you. Yeah. Don't play to structure. Yeah, that's definitely a bit of freedom. Losing a bit of block shape out of the NRL is not a bad thing. We always talk about the block, how much we hate the block shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Isn't it amazing that block shape? It just 
it's it, it, it's nothing changes. There's been no evolution yeah. from that. That that sort of came into the game, and from there, no one's really found any other way to to attack around block shape, block shape, block shape for block shape. Still, yeah. remember as a kid, they'd call it the scissors move or something like that, which was basically a block shape. Yeah. And then they just varied the name. And everyone you say to, oh, do you know what a block shape is? Yeah. Like any new blokes you roll in, so mate, you know what a block shape is? And I'll look at you and then they'll go, and then you get two blokes to walk through it. Oh, yeah, we call that a whatever. Yeah. It's just everyone wants to play Melbourne Storm-style football because Melbourne control the middle so well and pick you apart and then hit you. But if you're doing it on slow play the balls or, or in the wet, you just you just going sideways. That's yeah. right. But, yeah, for, like watching Melbourne, I find Melbourne to just say Melbourne's running like Microsoft's, uh, like Windows 10 <laughs> – Compared to a lot of the teams running DOS still, that's what I find that the ability for them to uh, like yeah. you, to change and adapt, they're just like, all right, just like I was saying to Dana before this, oh, they've watched this for a couple of weeks now, and now they'll start kicking into gear, and that's yep, why yeah. I find the difference in Melbourne Storm. It's just who, uh, as Steve was saying, they've got enough older players, enough experienced players, mixed with enough youth, and a great coach. So even the young players that are coming in, a couple of like a debutant last night, and a few of the younger fringe players like. Um, you got Justin O'Leary in the centres and blokes like that who haven't played a lot of first grade but do their job and do it well because they got those old heads in the side, experienced players and a great coach. That's it's just a perfect formula for them and it's great to see them blood and young players and getting them experience as they come through the system with these older blokes, which is one of the reasons why Melbourne have such a good system of filtering through blokes who just turn it turn to pure gold and just. Just through effort and just the onus is back on the player to do their job week in, week out, and they just find success through it, which is You look at why Cooper Cronk talks about footy, and he talks about meeting KPIs and things like that. And it spun me out at first because I've never heard blokes refer to it in footy terminology about you've got your KPIs, so they've got spots they want to get to, areas they want to kick to, kick chase, this, this, and this. Mm. Can keeping oppositions on exits to certain areas, things like that. They're very regimented. And with him, mm. they had the perfect ability to a student of the game who can play the structure to a T, but can add lip. Are they slipping from this mantle a bit? Yeah, because um, Jerome Hughes is a different style of half, but with the way they control the ground and that, and, they, and like you're saying about effort areas, Dano, like mm. working from marker, everyone know, most of the time knows their defensive assignments. If you're missing a few tackles in a week, if you do it two weeks in a row, they'll be br- he'll brush you. Yeah. Bellamy, the ultimate student of the game. There was I remember hearing them talk on a podcast once how they said how Bellamy, they were looking who they were playing. It might have been Manly. And they were, they did the video session. Then just then he goes, oh, oh hang on a sec. Um I'll just show you this. They did this move once six weeks ago, and it's not mm. something that was on highlights. This was something that you had to watch their last six games in oh, depth yeah. to learn stuff about and things like that. And you can see, and they break down exactly blokes who, what blokes' habits are and yeah, that, and they'll work and turn them against yeah. you. What side you like to run to. Uh, young blokes, they'll test you out effort upon efforts at marker or at A or B. That's again testament to the to the coaching abilities and that of, of Belly Ake and 
just making sure everyone knows their job again. Like, and if you've got things, goals you got to meet, like saying to each winger, I need you to have five scoots in a half, or I need you to get in and get some runs off the forwards or the forwards, and I expect you to be having, if you've got a 20 minute stint, I need you to, to handle the ball this many times in your halves. It, it just makes it completely easy. Everyone knows their job, no one's lost. And you're just out there, and you say, Oh, well, I haven't touched the ball in two sets, I better get a hit up. You put your hand up, you have a go. And then in defence, as Riley said, they're seamless because everyone knows their assignment. They know what the other what the person in front of them is doing because Belliak's gone through and said, this bloke, he's going to catch it and skip right and yeah. he's going to try a short ball. So just get up and jam him. And it just makes it just so easy for, for the players. And it's, it's paid dividends for them over the years considering how many... How much success they've had, so. and you got to get and you get and they find players to buy into that system, like mm. you're saying still, yep. like they see someone and they see what his strengths are, like who was it? Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Low, uh, Ben Lowe's older brother, Jamin, Jamin, yeah, mm. Jamin, Jamin Low. He turned him down the first time he rang, like he he rang him. He was just gonna go work in the mines and play up there in the Mackay Comp, and then he said it ended up folding and saying I'll come back for another year. They win the comp in 2012 and then he retires to, you know, yep. like work in a mine and play footy at Mackay, making money on the side, like things like that. He identified Jamin Lowe being the sort of bloke he could use. And he doesn't normally, they won't handle liability. They had Chris Walker for a while there in 2006 and he was only like, like he was on the fringe. So if someone was out like Slater or someone, Walker would play this and that, probably played like eight or nine games. Six weeks to go, like, he was playing up too much off the field. Became a distraction, yeah. you know, like, with his party life. So they just, yep, nah, um, there's a door. Yeah. Um, still, with the London Broncos, the time you were there, it was like, um, was it, they were really trying to build that brand up. Was uh, Richard Branson, uh, he was throwing he was throwing money into it, and was it, they're trying to actually promote it as, like, uh, the premier sport in that area at that time? Is that what the, the idea was, or...? Branson came on board in 96. Yep. And so, yeah, he was sponsoring while I was there. He sponsored in 99. We made the Challenge Cup final. Yeah. Uh, he walked us out on the field, and then uh, in 2000, he... Um, he, um, I think it was two thousand. That's when he cut ties, cut ties with the club. But yeah. you're always on a hiding to nothing. Unfortunately, in London, you've got you've got rugby, you've got soccer, yeah. and then you've got divisions one, two, three, four. Then you've got rugby, yeah. and then you've got league. Mm -hmm. I thought we would have done well. A lot of expats live in live there, both um, you know Kiwis and Aussies. So we'd advertise in. Um, it was a free magazine that used to be on the tube and that all the time we'd advertise when we were playing that, but just never seemed to pick up. I think okay. the biggest crowd we played in front of was Wigan yep. when we were playing at Harley Quinns. It was 8,500 people. Right. Other than that, most of the time it was two, 3,000 yeah. playing in front of in London. Yeah, because it's all different. up north. It's all yeah. north. Everything, everything's in the north. Yeah, You know, when Sheffield Eagles were playing in the comp, they were, they were the closest... Uh, city to us otherwise everything's the game was the game was um, developed in the north and that's where it's uh, that's where it's uh, stronghold is in the north yeah done a lot they've done a lot look over the years and now there's very minimal Aussies playing for London Broncos there's a lot of lot of uh, homegrown guys and London based guys playing in there now so 
it's good to see. It yeah. had to happen. You yeah. can't you can't rely on having imports. When I first got there, we didn't have any limit on how many overseas players we could have. All the other Super League clubs, it was five. Yeah. Five imports is all you could have. Because we didn't have a junior development and a junior base, we were allowed we had an exemption from it. So it's good to see that finally, you know, if you're gonna get anywhere, you can't rely on having imports coming over. You've got to grow the game from that's the right, grassroots yeah. and that's what they're starting to do. Oh, that's good. A bloke we know, Mark Offerdale, played there for a while. <laughs> yes. And I think he put the game back about ten years like and, that, and yeah. probably uh Probably got deported. And I'm surprised. <laughs> um, yeah. Probably. Yeah. I had the uh, pleasure of coaching Source when I was at East. So he's a good man, Source. Yeah. He landed on his ass. Oh, right. So were you, co- were you um, cup coach when he was there? Or? I was assistant when yeah, he was yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, okay. who, who was the head? Uh, so in the first, I think that might have been the year Darren Smith was. Yes. Oh, right. And then yeah. he got left. The- he got uh, moved on. And then Jason Gainey, who was the yeah. reserve grade coach. Yep. Who had a lot of success the through? Coach yeah, that's now. him. Yeah, yep. very been, good coach. Very, very knowledgeable. Very yep. good man. Great yep. mate of mine. And who came in after him? Uh, McCarthy. McCarthy. Yes, I think he did. And, and then Trig- Scott Sipple. Yep. Oh, and then Trigger. Trig Trig was McCarthy's assistant, and yeah, then Sipple came in after Trig moved on to the Sunny Coast. Yep. Yeah. So in the Super League now, silly, how many how many guys have beaten your sixty six tackle record? Jeez, that was a fair yeah. effort. Yeah. I um, <laughs> I think it's. Uh, a young, a young just guy. The one? F- I think there's a young yeah, guy from one. one of the teams up north. Yeah, he did it earlier. Uh, um, oh, the kid from Wigan. Yes, yeah. seventy something. Seventy two tackles. Yeah. What, yeah, 72. what team was that against that you did that? Bradford. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The did balls. you did you notice what? that you'd done it once you walked off the field? <laughs> I was shattered. I was yeah, shattered. Yeah. I was yeah. shattered. Yeah. <laughs> I was shattered. Was, was that when Bradford had their stars like yeah, the, yeah. the Paul brothers? Yep. Vangana. Um, Daniel <laughs> Gartner was there for a while. Holy shit! Be- it, it was sore. it was my I'm trying to think when it was. Was it my first year there or second year when it happened? But yeah, we it was on. We they did it on the road part of the season. Yeah, where I think we 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 played them up in Scotland, and um, at the end of the game, I was shattered. I just mm. come in and just lay on the ground. I couldn't believe it, and then we went down to a training camp at Portsmouth at the Navy base. Yeah, and we were uh, that was two days later. We were training, and someone said, "Oh, you know, you did sixty six tackles in the game." I said, "Oh, I didn't know. No one had. We hadn't got any stats back." But yeah, yeah, I can yeah. feel it still. Yeah, yeah. who was yeah. coaching at the time in that game? Like that uh, Tony Curry. Okay, Tony Curry and, was still the coach. And did P3. he mention it to you? Was he? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, but you know these things, you you don't. You don't plan for them to happen. You just no. you, you just yeah. seem to be in the the right spot at the right time to. If you're going to make that many tackles, you know, I know yeah. they've credited uh, Cam Smith for doing something like that before in an Origin or yeah. club match. You just don't know. You, you yeah. just seem when you're in the you're traffic in the and you're caught yeah. in there, and again you've got to you've got to play but, eighty minutes to be able yeah. to make that yeah. many tackles. As, as a oh sorry, oh, you you're go an eighty minute back row for the majority of your career at London. Yeah, or did you? Fluctuate a bit. I was going to say, if you're mm. making 66 and you didn't play 80, <laughs> holy yeah. shit. Most of the time, uh, it was uh, in the in the back row. Yeah. In my last couple of years, I played a little bit of front row as well, mm-hmm. smallest front row in, in the world. But is that what you kind of gravitated towards? Like you just liked being in the grind? You just fucking loved yeah. getting in the grind? And I, then- I, I remember in 2000, John Money was coaching us. He, he was going to leave Wigan and go home and... Uh, Tony Ray, who was our coach at the time, sp- uh, talked him out. Uh, sorry, 
at the end of 99, he was going home. Tony Ray talked him out of it. He said, come down and coach us. And, and Johnny's got me out wide running, you know, as a, as a wide back row. And yeah. I just said, mate, this isn't my go. This, oh, I'm yeah. not my go. I'm, I'm yeah. the middle player, mate. I don't have the speed to be out here. Um, I'm, I'm happy to defend out here, but I'm not an edge runner, mate. I want to get in and just bury my head into the hard work in the middle. That's not my go. And it was, he was a good man, John, but he had some, you know, he'd get us there before a game and he'd play a game, he'd put on a video of a Wigan game. And he'd be going, now, Steele, see what Dennis Betts is doing out here? Yeah. And I'm just going, Have you yeah, seen- I'm not Dennis Betts, mate. Yeah, yeah. Seen- <laughs> not an English international, but yeah. I'm just a bloke Betts who's was, having a crack. Betts was a wide running back rower too. And you're going, mate, mate that's not my go. And he, and Ryder, he'd be saying this to other blokes with the halfback. Now, see what um, Sean Edwards is doing? And we're just going, yeah, okay. So I didn't really buy into that <laughs> philosophy, how that worked. But um, so, yeah, look, yeah. It's, 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 um, it was a good good seven years over there. I, I learned a lot. Um, played with a lot of good players. Yeah, and you're, uh, you, at that time, your missus was over there with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move, move, the, move the family over, holus bolus. We had, yeah. My son was um, had just turned one. Okay. When we left to live over there, and then my uh, younger son, we had him over there, and then my daughter was born uh, over here. We were back doing some warm weather training down in Gosford. Um, yeah, so good, good seven years. You know, I'm just thinking now. We were talking about the Titans before uh, we uh, jumped on air, and a good mate of mine's down there as assistant coach, Jimmy Dimmick. Um, mm. I believe he should be given a go soon. He's Great footy mind, yeah. Very, very clever yeah. man, and and a good player. Um, who else? Richie uh, Richie Barnett, ex um, Roosters, Cronulla, and um, New Zealand international was over there. Johnny Timu, uh, Grant Young, who's a good mate of mine, played for the Crushers and the Warriors. Uh, Jason Hetherington. So a few few good Aussies with experience came came through and went. But unfortunately, in in the seven years. The highlights were the 99 Challenge Cup final. Uh, We got a toweling up by Leeds, unfortunately. And then the last year, uh, 2004, we made the, uh, we scraped into sixth position. Yeah. Got knocked out by uh, St. Helens at Nosley Road. So, Hmm. so you had some great memories from that. Who was the best football player you played with there? Aussie or English? Uh, In Atlanta, it was definitely Jim Dimmick. Yep. Yep. He just could read stuff and he's, you know, just natural strength and he had all the skills. He could kick, he could pass, he could run the ball. He was great. He's just, he's, he's just a great person to have around the club. He brought everyone together. Um, who else? Richie Barnett was a freak. You know, he yep. in broken play, there was, you know, him in full flight, there was nothing like it. Uh, another young fella who, who did really well when we were there, I don't know if you guys remember him from Parramatta, a young uh, halfback called Dennis Moran. Yeah, Indigenous guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Champion player. He came over there and just killed it. Um, he was a leading try scorer of the competition there one year. He ended up, um, I think it was, so I left in at the end of 04. I think he hung around at the end of 05 and then he went to Wigan, had a couple of years up in Wigan. But yeah, he, on his day, Dennis could turn a match. He he was one of those halfbacks who could do everything. He could take, he would hit like a front rower. Yeah. Um, Kick 40 20s, uh, chip and chase, just 
Mercurial little mm. player. He's, he was great. He's only stopped playing country footy recently. Yes. Was floating yeah. all around New South Wales <laughs> yeah, playing for different yeah, yeah, I think he's down Parksway. Yeah. And, and um, was still playing rep footy inside yes. and playing yeah. at knockouts and stuff and starring. So I reckon he'd have to be a few years. I reckon he'd be 44, Dennis. Yeah, yeah he'd yeah. be 44 at least. <laughs> Still moving away from um, footy, talk a bit. Talk to me about how you got into Brick Lane. Once sure, you, once you sure. So when I came back from London, I um, I'll go back a little bit. I uh, was looking for a job, and I I didn't want to get back into the insurance uh, side of things. So had a word with. I got my brother-in-law to start asking around a few clubs in Brizzy um, if they were looking for anyone, and end up getting on to Trevor Gilmeister. And said, look, Steele's looking for a job if you can get him something. And at that stage, Gilly was coaching up at Ipswich. Yep. That's a fair hike up from Bridgman down. So yeah. I said, look, mate, I just want to get into something, but I don't want to – I want to do repping. It was Jono up there, obviously. Jono was up there, yeah. yeah that's yeah. where I know Jono from. Yeah, yeah. And I just want to get into something where I'm out talking to people. Because when I was in London, I did a lot of a lot of school visits and talking to kids, and I really enjoyed that. I didn't want to go back and sit behind a desk. So Gilly said, look, I'll see what I can do. So I'm fortunate enough, um, he got me into Yolumba Wines. Yeah. And uh, the guys had a had a punt on me there. So I started work there. And then two years ago, an opportunity came up with Brick Lane. They were looking to put someone on. They had a guy in Brisbane, but they were looking for someone who had more, uh, was more well-known in the trade with publicans and bottle shops and that sort of thing. And yeah, we had a meeting and two weeks later, I'd, I'd agreed to to go, uh, jump on board with Brick Lane, so yeah, you know Melbourne-based breweries, um, tough in tough in Queensland. There's some really good breweries up here, mm. you know, you, especially on the coast when you're talking, yeah, you know, independent craft, your Stone and Woods, your Bolters, yeah, uh, your, your Burley Brewing and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, we're holding our own yeah. and really enjoying it. It's when good. you also see, there's so fucking many now. Like yeah. I, yeah, I look ridiculous. at, especially when seven hundred and. Probably seven hundred and twenty now, but a lot of the, the so a lot of those like the microbreweries and the craft beer is that more of a thing of where you like uh, they'll be around for about a month and then we they'll probably disappear. You know, like some of those. There's a lot. There's a lot of small. There's a lot of small time guys, and yeah. a lot of they rely on a lot of online sales, and they might have a tap room somewhere mm. at the brewery, and they rely on yeah. people coming in. Um, whether they'll have any longevity in their future with getting into bottle shops and that sort of thing. Some of them don't care. They're yeah. just a few mates. They want to make some beers. They want to share it for people coming into their little bar areas and having it. There's probably no real um, goals to go any further yeah, and right, get any, yeah. grow it any further, whereas we, we certainly are. What we started off and where we're building to is, um, is to be one of the, you know, um, most respected independent beer brands in the country. Yeah. And uh, we're lucky we've got a good team around us. We've got some obviously well-known investors who've, who've yeah. got behind the brand and that always helps. You know, yeah. Been some bloody good beer too, I might add. Oh, right? his, appreciate man, it, boys. It's, it's so funny, man. Like quick. I was telling Steel the other day, the, um, when Cantoni had his 40th and uh, you, you must have given him like, tw- like 10 cartons because... 
all the eskies and stuff. And I walk in, I've never heard of Brick Lane because it was, it was like new up in Brisbane, I think at that time. Yep. And I go, I was like, Cantoni, is this party fucking sponsored? Or <laughs> and he goes, yeah, we've got the yellows and we've got the blues. So go nuts. I said, I look after you. He said, I can't give it to you all for free. Said, yeah, yeah. No, no, don't expect it all for free. But no, yeah. he, uh, look, I, I think the, the beers are easy drinking beers and that's, mm. that's what we want. We've yeah. got some different beers that, you know, tend to lead towards the more crafties, but like the lagers that we're drinking tonight mm, and the mid-strength yeah. I'm drinking, it's just real sessionable beers. Anyone can pick it up. Yeah. And that's why I don't like this, oh, your craft. We're yeah. an independent yeah, brewer agree. who make beer, good drink, easy-drinking right. beers. Yeah. I agree. And there's also, you've got enough variation too. Like, oh, you've got the sours and stuff also you do that. A lot of people get into that sort of stuff. Yeah, but for I me, find, yeah, I love the sours, man. For me, I just like, like this base lager is perfect for me. It's yeah. so good. Easy-drinking beer, as you said, and it's just, Sit there, you could sip it all night, you'd have a yarn over it. I reckon you could also throw a few back and get pissed if you really had to. <laughs> if so, you had a crack. Yeah. Oh, no. it's, You're right, it's good. It's it is. Good. We got really good we get really good feedback all the time. And yeah. The, the the lagers, especially, if we do a festival or something and there's no other beers on, yeah. Blokes who drink northern, they pick that up and go, oh, yeah. That's a pretty good beer. Yeah. Oh nice. So we want we want to, you want to appeal to a wide variety of the market. You don't want to you don't want to pigeonhole yourself in one thing, mate. Yeah. So um, still, so after the Bronx, you cut um, London. You come back and you just dabble in the Queensland Cup just to finish off your career. Yep. Did you go? You finished off with Ipswich and then Easts. Correct. And then so, finished with East, and that's how you know Cairns. Yes. Uh, Cairns. So uh, two thousand and five Ipswich. Yep. And is that because I've not been a part of this club? Righty's Righty does um, go up there and watch a few games, yeah. and it seems like such a good culture. Great it's, club, yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed my time up there again. One of my one of the things I always said to myself when I came back from uh, having the opportunity to play in the NRL and then in Super League is that I want to go back into local footy and give back. Is always always would have remembered when when I was coming through and just having. Thanks, mate. That opportunity to learn from older blokes, and when I went up to um, when I went up tips, which it was perfect. They, they, you know, Danny Coburn was there. He was a great servant for the club and and a great servant in in the Q Cup. Uh, Ricky Bird was still playing up there, oh, yeah. but then there were a lot of young blokes as well. So, you know, to pass on a little bit of your knowledge that you learn along the way, I think is invaluable. I would have loved to have gone back to West, but unfortunately they that sort of folded at that yeah. stage. So, so it was. And they, um, still, they still hadn't leveled out that field. No, no, no. <laughs> mate. And then yeah, so 06, I got a call from Michael Booth, yeah. who was coaching at East, and said, you know, we got we got a spot here. Do you want to come along and have a run? I said, yeah, still sort of still happy to come along and throw the body around a little bit more. So that was two thousand and yeah, two thousand six. Made the uh, got knocked out by um, Reddy in yep. the in the semi final, and they went on to play to Wumba and to beat them and beat them. Yeah, yep. they had a good side. Nicky Roberts got Nicky beat. Roberts cut us up to Wumba. How much longer were Toowoomba in the comp after that? They that was their last year in the comp. They okay. won the comp, and then the Broncos sent their players to Aspley for a year. Yeah, they had a Q Cup side for a year. Then they split them up everywhere. Yeah, that year they won at Redcliffe. Toowoomba beat them by 50 in the prelim. Yeah. And they and they beat them by about three tries in the grand final at Suncorp. 
just a, had Mark Shipway playing. Shipway back row, we played the Cowboys at Manly. Absolute shot machine. He yeah. could whack. Yeah. I just remember him <laughs> shortening a few of them up. It's hard to imagine a side that wins a comp and then continues to fold. Yeah, that season. Like, you just, it's rare you hear, usually hear about a side collecting their third spoon in a row and then yeah, that's going, right. on, going on to fold. But I, don't know, I suppose with the, with the way the, the world works and players coming here and there and money sort of things. Yeah. So, still you finish up with Cairns. Yes. And I don't know whether that what timeline the questions are and I don't know how much you can answer him. I'm, I'm not sure. I'll do but my best. Yeah, but he writes. So, <laughs> and because he came over the day, he's got a new, he, he, he bought a new, um, he's got a bull Arab, little puppy bull Arab, brought him around to show my freaking dying dogs. But um, the uh, he said, first of all, he goes, ask him about um, Martin Aff- Off. Fire. Fire. Yeah. Yep. Uh, is that uh, the winger? Was it? Jared. Yeah. Yep. yeah. He just said asking about him because of the the athlete and how oh. much of a following he had over there and probably when I got there was coming towards the end of Martin's career. Yeah. Scored a cracking try in the um, Challenge Cup final. We lost to Leeds, uh, and then I think he left. So that was ninety nine. He left at the end of ninety nine, and then he I think it was one season. He had it Salford and then he pulled a pin. But yeah. in his day, I mean, if people haven't seen him, get yeah. on YouTube and okay. he is a freak. Because he said he was like the most, like the one of the most recognisable players in that era. Yeah. yeah. Started at Widness and then I think Wigan paid at that stage the biggest transfer fee ever for a player. Yeah. Scored 10 tries in one game. Yeah. And challenge And when he, game, mate, yeah. you, showed, you show him half Jesus. an inch and he was gone, mate. He yeah. was an f- absolute freak of a player. Lovely bloke too. He's a D, doing a bit of DJing on the side now. Over oh, really? Ibiza every now and then. I follow him on the socials, mate. It, uh, but, yeah, <laughs> all right. that was one of those. That, so, you know, had the luxury of playing alongside him and then Sean Edwards as well, who was, you know, another massive name in the, in uh, in English football. Yeah. Rugby he, league, I should say. Yeah, and then he goes on to saying, playing with Liam Botham and meeting the great English cricketer Ian Botham. Yeah, yeah. Had that so sometimes rugby league affords you some yeah. good luxuries. So this is embarrassing probably for me because I, was, I didn't know who the fuck Antonio was talking about when he mentioned that name. And he goes, he's one of the greatest cricketers like that. Yeah, that's yeah. Ian Botham. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Ian Botham's son Liam was playing rugby at Leeds. Leeds Tykes, and then um, he was having a bit of a stint with the Rhinos and wasn't getting a run, so they put him on loan with us. And it was yeah. during the Ashes. And so Liam's gone, oh, Dad said, you know, if you, a couple of you guys want to come, he can get us in. Yeah. So we go in, and, mate, we just go straight into the commentary box. <laughs> Viv Richards, Whispering Death, Michael Holding. Yeah. Then you've got David Gower, and you've got Ian both, and we're just sitting there, and they go, hey, you going, boys? What's going on? And we're just sitting up the back of the commentary box watching them commentate. Oh, Got the best seat in the house. Yeah. Mate, it was sure. so good. And Viv Richards uh, was one of the best blokes I've ever met, Viv. He was a champion. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you a quick story to digress. So meet Viv, chatting to him. He loved his rugby league. He said, I wish I could have played rugby league. I said, I reckon you would have gone right to Viv yeah, big at the unit. rugby league. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sto- it would have made a good stocky little five out of halfback, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm gonna say, ten years ago, I was when I was working at Yalumba. I was up in Toowoomba at the Spotted Cow, and they're having a sportsman's lunch. And Viv Richards and Rodney Hogg were the guest speakers. Jesus! So they had a dinner on the Thursday night, 
with those two speaking, sold out, and then they did a lunch on Friday. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting at the bar having a couple of beers, and um, I could see Viv, you know, people all around him talking to that. Anyway, the next day, I get to sit at my table. Viv sits next to me and he goes, hey, man, I remember you from England. I said, what? <laughs> he goes, you're Liam's friend. You played at London. I said, geez, you've got a good memory. Yeah. So I sat there just shooting the breeze with him, smashing down Coronas, talking about. But, you know, it's funny, all these people coming up to Viv, oh, can you sign my bat? Yeah. Sign the bat. And this is what I love. And, and Jimmy Dimmick that used to do this too. What's your name? <laughs> oh, no, can you just sign it? No. Nah. Got to personalise it oh, for really? all these people, you know, that they go out and then they try and sell it on yeah. eBay and set all these memorabilia yeah. sites. And he and he goes, fuck them. I don't ever sign their name. Oh, yeah. That's a, yeah. I always sorry, I always put their name on it. Yeah. Yeah, he said, uh, otherwise they're dodgy. Oh, so because they were just Well, they just, he just oh, signs Viv and then yeah. they just go, Viv Richard signed bat. Yeah. Six, seven hundred bucks yeah. trying to flog True. it off that way. So always personalise stuff. And Jimmy... Did the same. He'd always go, "What's your name, mate?" And they'd go, "Oh, why?" And he goes, "I put your name on the card." Yeah. He said, "Always personalised." Oh, they flog. There's people that you know, all those autograph hunters and that. Would there be some people that just walk away when he said that? Like if he no, said, no, no, "I'll no, put your no, name no, on no, it." No, no, they were. Yeah, they'd, oh, okay, they'd, uh, they'd come around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was really a league fan, Viv Richard. Mm. It's pretty it's good. Massive right in. I, I reckon, it's like unreal. I said, I reckon as the type of sportsman he was and who he was, I reckon. He would have whatever he put his mind or tried, he would have succeeded. Yeah, he was definitely yeah. professional, yeah. that's yeah. for sure. So it's but, pretty, pretty um, astounding that he remembered who you were. Oh, from, I could, I especially mean, a bloke I, with I, as high a caliber as he as is. As him, in, who in the, the people he would world. meet, I, and that's what blew me away. He just must be one of those guys who has a good memory. Mm. And then we we just and when we were sitting there having a few beers, he's saying, "Oh yeah, I was watching the." NRL on my TV back in the hotel room this morning. So he's a massive fan floor. of it. That's massive sweet. fan of it. That's, That's awesome. a great story. Chewing the fat with yeah. big Viv. Yeah. <laughs> so I got no idea about this one still, but he goes, <laughs> right, this is Cantoni still. So he goes, what is Dibley and who is Dibley? Question mark. <laughs> yes, you'll have to, I don't know. He used to call me Dibley. Hey, Dibley. Dibley, this Dibley, that I don't know where it come from, mate. So Yeah. That's um that's the short answer that. Oh one. okay. <laughs> Mate, if he's listening, if you're listening and watching, chop. You'll well, to, yeah, I told him because we'll this, this will drop tomorrow, yeah. and yeah, yeah. But then he For said sure. he's definitely gonna. And then he says, um, he goes, uh, uh, he wants to know the story about how Russell Bauer didn't used to trick girls into going upstairs. Oh, <laughs> okay. So Russell Bowden was another absolute genius bloke that I got to play with. I, I um. I met Rusty when I first lobbed up at the Broncos in 95 and he was sort of bitter on the out. He was, as all young blokes who, who come through there, he, he tended to like to have a drink and yeah. party a little bit too much and he got on Wayne's bad books and ended up <laughs> heading over to London in um, in 96, which is probably the best thing for his career. He had a really good couple of years over there, come back, played for the Storm and played Origin and yeah. won a comp. So it's funny how, how things work. But Rusty used to like going out and, Picking up the larger, larger women in the crowd, trying to squat them. Yeah. So yeah, with a with a lure that um, if they uh, let him do, he buy him drinks all night. So yeah. it was all about the biggest and baddest you could pick out in the room. So yeah. But you know, yeah, Kentona oh. was saying that he would say that 
like, oh, you want to go upstairs with him, like, to the room? And yeah. they go, yeah. And then he just chuck him on his shoulder and start doing squats. No, he just scoop him up in one foul swoop, <laughs> squat him a couple of times, put him down, then walk away. Oh, and then he'd hope that, hope that his actions would lead to more actions. <laughs> real going upstairs later on. <laughs> he, was, he was a character, but he oh, really was. He the confidence to do that. You get, you, yeah, I know. you get slapped that many times. I know, surely. I know. Fuck. And then Ken Tony's last one is... He goes, who has the biggest draw in rugby league and why was it Marcus the head Jensen? <laughs> oh, I don't know. He's hands down, Jeno had the big, biggest draw. It got yeah. broken about so five or six times, I think. Yeah. 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 I think Jeno started his career when Bund, uh, Bundy were in the Q Cup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was a Bundy boy. And then he came down. I played with him at um, Ipswich and then and then at East. Yeah. Massive yeah. jaw. Massive jaw. <laughs> I think he got it broken about five or six times. <laughs> Definitely wouldn't tickle. No. Um, we'll go. Do you want to? Do we keep throwing questions because we got yeah. Some yeah. Well, yeah. Well. So the um the next one is from uh, Baz Randall. Um, he says, uh, "Absolute uh, absolute beast of a player." That's just a, a shout out for you still. And then he goes, what is your best memory playing for the USA? And then what do you think needs to change for rugby league to grow in London, as Southern UK? Um, so first run for the US was down in um, Orlando yep. at uh, the um, Disneyland down there. We had a game against uh, the English, English team. We're out there for some warm weather training before World Cup started. Probably not one of the highlights. I think we lost about 110 nil, but still to get out there and see the faces of the guy, the American guys playing in the team, playing against you know these legends from you know uh, the Super League in England was fantastic. And by the way, I think out of our squad of 20, six blokes were like myself. We played in Super League. The rest were homegrown. Yes. Yeah. Who then, was your coach then? Um, who was it? Shane Millard. Who, oh, passed, who passed away, yep. unfortunately. Yeah, uh, Daryl Millard's, um, who used to play play with Canterbury's dad. He was a good man. Santa, yep. Yeah, he was a good man, Shane. Um, unfortunately, yeah, passed away. And then later on that year, we we had the Emerging Nations, which I don't. They, I think that was the first year they ever did it. So there'd yeah. be the there was the proper World Cup comp going on, and then there was a second tier comp going on. Yep. So there was. USA, Canada, Japan, Morocco, at Italy, and the Bala, the British Amateur Rugby League. Yeah, that's awesome set up. So yeah, mm. it was really, really good. It was, and it just gives those smaller nations a chance to be feel part of it. Even though we never played any um, like curtain raises at any of the main games. Yeah, it just you know I think. They should look at doing that. They want to build. They the did sport one up. in Sydney a couple of mm. years ago. Um, the thing is now too, it's like with the organisation of it. You know how no one wants to organise things, or they can't agree on things. It all becomes a too hard basket. Like I'm coaching Uruguay, and like that'd be the thing that I reckon you, we'd have to aim for. You're coaching director, aren't you? Right. Yeah. Um, Hey, what do they call it now? Like instead of head coach, yeah. um, head of football. Head of football, football. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a title that encompasses a lot of positions, right? Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Roddy's got them all yeah. covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when I took the job, one of the boys from Mitchie <laughs> was playing. He teased me. He sent me a text on a Tuesday. They were playing um, an international up here. The coach who they had broke it to him that day or something. He couldn't make it from Sydney. 
I, we had no training sessions. They'd played a, um, an international a few weeks before. I had to take strap and tape from that we had from Mitchie, water bottles we had from Mitchie, tee up a bunch of my mates to run the water. <laughs> it was a good time. But no, it's a great experience. I just hope we get to play in one of those emerging nation world Yeah, I, I, think it, I think they're good. And if it can, if it can be done, it should be done. Yeah, How did you just go in that? You just had a couple of wins in that? We did, mate. We um, So we beat Canada. Yep. Um, we beat Morocco and then we beat someone else. So we made the semi and we played Italy. And so Italy had all the, all the blokes playing for Italy. Yeah. We're playing in for like the second uh, Jim Beam Cup. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and filthy. Filthy. So just... Jason Bugaleri was played for him. Um, there were a couple of other brothers that played at Parramatta. The Kappa Villa brothers. Kappa Villa brothers. That's them. That's them. They they yeah. they were in the side as well. I was just about to say that right. And yeah. Yeah. I knew you were. <laughs> and um, you know, just we got to that state. But in the end, the British Amateur Rugby League ended up beating them. I thought oh, really? they were a shoe in. Um, I thought they were a shoe in Italy, but yeah, they got beat by Bala. So. Um, I think that was it. Yeah, that was the the four game. The how did, four how did you um how did you qualify for that, mate? Like, yep, Freddie qualifies through his dad. Yep, or, um, my grandfather. Yeah, nice. And my mum. My, that's, so that's how Miles he qualified. Too, and your mum was born there too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. That's yeah, a, that's a fairly strong connection. So my grandfather um was baseball, in. Didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. He um he was in the uh, the U.S. Air Force. Oh, really? And how he met my grandmother, he got shot the. Uh, he got some shrapnel on the leg. He was a gunner in one of the yep. in my plane, and so this happened um, when. And th- so he got flown to a hospital in Darwin, where my grandmother was a nurse, there's, and they met there. There's so many stories like yeah. that eh? through yep. The, yep. through war yeah. of yep. of the yeah. Yep. And so she went back to live with him over there. Right, he was from Iowa, so they moved back Iowa, there. The he was in the army base there, yeah, farm, yeah, big no farm way. territory. And mate, he was a gun baseball. He was just a little bloke, but he was quick. And yep. um, so he moved. They moved back out here uh, with mum when mum was two. She was born in Washington DC, and then yeah, my grandfather he coached uh, both Queensland and Australia in baseball for about five or six years. Yeah. And uh, that's where my love of baseball comes from. You yeah. know, when I was when I was little and growing yeah, up, I play, we, I we used to take us to the games years, yeah. all the time. Um, so yeah, that's where that's where it came through. I'm very very nice. proud, mate. You know, we always growing up as a young bloke playing footy, you want to play for Australia, obviously, and yeah. that was never going to happen mm. for me. Uh, it was just great f- to represent the country on Mum's behalf and his behalf. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. It's funny. So you grew up playing baseball too, still? Yeah, so, just so, muck, just muck around but, stuff. Yeah, mate. yeah, I was saying like just club, but it's funny because like as a Aussie, like as an Aussie American, uh, all my mates would be like, "What are you doing in the off season?" I'm like, "Well, I got baseball season," and that and I'd, that they'd be playing their cricket and shit, and they're like, yep. "What the fuck are you playing, bro?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, I got baseball," you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm one of the things I want to do, you know, in the next few years is travel over there and. I don't know if I don't think any of his family's still alive over there, but just go and check out where he grew up and and that uh, that yeah. part of the world over there. Here it's really nice. Yeah, over there in Iowa. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's some great stories with the with the league connection, like you were saying, like things like that where you can trace things back through heritage, and people go, oh, you've got all these, you've got all these um, blokes who aren't even American playing, but you need. 
you need that connection. If mm. you make the qualification, like you're looking at rugby blokes bag league. I don't know why those toffee nose punters, but <laughs> you look at it. You look at Japan. Japan will have Samoan and Aussies yep. playing yeah. in the in the Rugby World Cup. Yep. You know what mm. I mean? Like guys that went to school in Brisbane and things like that. Like you've got to take these opportunities to play. I remember Milesy telling me when he was playing for the Warriors that they asked him to play for the New Ze- for the Maoris side, like basically the New Zealand second side, yep. and he turned it down because he said, and he played for the USA a few years later. He goes. You play for the USA, it's not like a rugby league stronghold like New Zealand. He goes, if I fucked up that haka, it wouldn't matter if I scored four tries in a game, we won by two points. Yeah. They'd never forgive you. And you want tradition. Like one of our mates, Nate Gladden, he runs a podcast, Rugby League in America. He's um, in the military over there and he loves, he's always reporting on NRL stuff. He's got me and Freddie on at different times on his podcast. Yeah, he, he does. He, yeah, he does a very good, like you were just saying, how like things need to be pushed in like either, like South London. You yep. like, you, he does a great job of trying to push it over there, but because the our committee over there is such fucking, they got their head up their own asses mm. and they don't allow it to happen. You need someone like Nate Gladden who off his own back, he just runs a podcast. He tries to push everything that he can in rugby league over in America. And you need people like that in charge. He doesn't care about a title, like a director or something. He's just yeah. doing it because he loves the game. Mm. Full American. The only reason he loves rugby league is one time he was sitting in a bar and he watched a rugby league game. He goes, this is the best sport I've ever seen. And it's, that's yeah. what it's about. It's exposing it, exposing yeah. it to a, and, a, and, a, and a wider see, audience. Have you yeah. noticed that now still on, on Facey and that you see that they are, we're getting more exposure through what's happening in the world because there are NRL games being shown in North America yep. and in in England and so forth. Those games that wouldn't normally be shown, there might be three games a week, which is three more than was before. Now people are actually getting to know some team names and that, and we're starting to spread our brand. And I think that's one thing we have to look at doing. We have to look after grassroots more so like country footy and we have to look at expanding our brand throughout the globe slowly yeah. you know that, what I mean that could also come from blokes like Nate doing what they do so yeah. shout out to Nate again what he does is just week in week out grinds puts in just for no no apparent gain yeah. and also things like this like we've got to give ourselves a bit of a pat on the back we do a pretty decent thing is all we do is sit here drink beers and talk footy but that's something like people who might not we're real role models for the world doing <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah. I, would, I wouldn't well, call I, us role I, models I, I, I record you guys talking footy and then I, I, I publish oh, it yeah, I listen to you can't the more, we can, the more we can talk about footy and the more we can fucking get it out there the better it's going to be and as Roddy's saying especially with footy now being being a bit more accessible because it's the only thing on fucking TV yeah. it can only can only pay dividends like some of the games the first game back Bronx Para was one of the, the highest viewed um, regular season mm. games of all time so yeah. it just shows the amount of people that are getting into the game watching the game is just going up which is can only benefit everyone oh that's at right at the end of the day and we all love our footy so so yeah, yeah we got so I'll, I'll just finish off with questions here so a Ross Brownlee Brownlee yeah you used to work with me Roscoe that, you know him righty yeah yeah he's a mate we used to work together okay so um, he goes why why did your parents name you Steel yeah yeah pretty uh Easy one that so mum was round at a friend's place. Yeah. And sitting out the back just having a cup of tea and the next door neighbour to them yelled out, Hey Steele, time to come in now. Little fella run, jumped the fence through there and over the other fence. Yeah. She's, she thought it was a pretty cool name and yeah. and that that's it, mate. Yeah. Uh, no, right. no nothing serious oh. behind it. There's a few of us around now. You've got um 
steel side bottom place of yep. Collingwood. Yep. Um, there's um, uh, there's a horse trainer, Steel Ryan. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, steel Rudd, the famous poet, who's got a pub named after him yep. between uh, Toowoomba and Warwick. Pretty <laughs> few, few around now. Did you know who he was? They the was poet? Yeah, yeah, the poet. For That's sure. good. I'm proud. Yeah, yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm actually impressed. You, you, the only reason I knew about poets is because last time I was at Confra, um, one of the big poets in Australia did. He was like the 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 guest of Confra. Oh, nice. And he okay, did his thing. I forget his name. He was a younger bloke, and I didn't know that. Like it was like it was like stand up comedy, but it was poetry. And he read really? it out, and it was it was not awesome. Rupert McCall. Yeah. Yeah. Rupert McCall, yeah, Ru- yeah. yeah, he's the best. He's 100%. a gun, mate. And that's why I've heard he's of that other big name Red as well. Cliff supporter. Yeah. yeah, massive ready yeah. boy. And he's and, um yeah. used to play uh, rugby for Brothers oh, yeah. Rugby. They're yeah. his two main passions. Yeah. And yeah. talk about yeah. Confer, you're a Mount Maria boy, eh, still? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. And so with the, you were, there was one division when you were playing? Was it just one? No, it was one. One okay. comp in 80, that was long ago, like 88 did, that was. Were you in the team of the, that year? Did you make yeah. like the yeah. selected yeah. team? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Who else? Yeah. Do you remember anybody else who was in that team of the, of the carnival? Mate, I think... Julian O'Neill. Oh, from St. Brendan's? Yep. Yes, I think Would he have was. Been in it. I, I looked, yeah. Paulie T- I think Paul Tideman made it. Oh, Big Tideman, tidy. who was at the Crushers? Uh, Crushers, yeah, and Newcastle. Um, a guy called Victor Timms. Victor was, um, I'm sure Victor was, was a the Mount Bronx? Isa boy. Yeah, he was at the Bronx. I'm sure he made it that year. Oh, and that's, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. The memory's not too good, Riley. Too, yeah, right. too many heads in the scrum, yeah, mate. Few, few, many, yeah. a few bit, lemonades. Uh, question because yeah. <laughs> um, they put out a. Um, we had the the anniversary book of Confer this year, Jeez, and went. You could name some pretty good. Yeah, sides. went through yeah, and Ste- been, Steely's in it, and like yeah, I was yeah. going through it. And I was yeah. telling Steely before he's in it, and it it, it showed man the, the amount of players that come out of Confer. You, you you always think about the state. Schools, mm. but man, those Catholic like yeah, the confraternity—it's yeah, yeah. crazy. Actually, you know, when things you get some nice little things that happen in your career. And I was in England, and uh, I got a phone call. Tony Ray's dad, John, was uh, must have been on the board or something for conference. He said, "Just ring and let you know you've made the twenty-year anniversary conference team." Yeah, so they made these special jerseys up and oh, so thinking sad. about that. Oh, I've got to check where that is. I don't. Mate, I got stuff in storage everywhere obviously from traveling around but they're always nice those little things you know yeah a little bit of recognition oh 100 yeah um, that's good yeah because yeah i'm working because i'm working mount maria now and um not not last year oh no it was last year sporting awards are uh, cranky um he played a few games for queensland reds and he's uh vice principal up there yeah yep. um michael crank and he goes freedy can we get um what kind of guests can we get for our sporting awards? And I was like, look, I can talk to Yao Yi and I can probably talk to Jackie Reed. Like that's, I'll ask them if they can come present awards. And he goes, what if worse comes to worse? Can you do it? And I was like, I go very, I can do it, but it, that's not that exciting for the kids. You know, they don't watch you. They would have whooped that, that up, mate, yeah, wouldn't they? They, they jumped up. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, didn't get Yao Yi, didn't get Reedy. They couldn't do it at the time. So, um, Cranks gets me up stitches me up before I walk out to do the talk and the presentation. He's just got Jared Hayne just palming me off over and over <laughs> on again. Repeat. On repeat, mate. Yeah. yeah. Quality oh, stitcher. That's yeah, yeah, so that's real good. Why wouldn't it? It, it was before. pretty that good. good. Yeah. It, it wasn't good for the after that because the kids all in the playground just bagged yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> 
I gotta say that we I was watching a shots video with the old girl. The old girl loves her footy. We had the shots video on the telly, and um, as oh, big hits, boom, boom. We we're watching um reactions from um Americans watching shots videos, and <laughs> like, oh, well, they don't even have pads on, and yeah. there was one, and even Mum went, oh, and I was like, oh, rewind, rewind. And it's Freedy getting trampled. And I was like, oh, God, it's Freedy. She's like, what? I was like, quick, pause it. And paused it. And it came up with your face like this. I've made it to the podcast. She's like, oh, my God, it's Freedy. Oh, like, fuck it, Jared Hayne. Like, get an lifted. engine cut. Get up, grow a heart, motherfucker. Yeah. Well, look at it now. Are you going better than he is now? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's Jared Hayne now? Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's not he doesn't on, have a podcast. He's not on a podcast yeah. sponsored by Bricklay. You're, that's still, what he's not. you're still playing somewhere. Yeah, he's not. Right. Um, so still, a question we... Oh, sorry to cut no, you No, 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 you go. Um, a question we ask most of our guests. Um, we got best and worst coach. Yep. That one separates the men from the boys. We haven't had many people say they're worst. But also, you the player you you love playing with the most, like yep. your favourite your favorite teammate. Yep. Best coach. Only had him for the two years, but Wayne Bennett. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Hand, hands, hands and heels there. Um, um, we're still with that... As a co- like, because I kind of separate coaches into um, coaches of men and coaches of players. Yeah. You, did Bennett like kind of cover both? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. And that's what the good ones do. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, there's that, all that talk, and it's true. You got to know who you can you can bollock, yeah. give a bollocking to at yeah, half time, yeah. and it's going to go out and do the job. And if you do that to another bloke, he's going to shit himself and go to water. That's what Miles is. He'll just just switch off. And that's exactly what what Miles said said in his thing. And when I was listening to it, I'm just driving along going, yep, 100%. Uh, And that's why with the likes of the Warriors, if you're going to get the best out of them, you've got to know what their personalities are. As a good coach, you've got to to spend time with those people and around those people to know what they're like and how to get the best out of them. Yeah, you know, most of us in our career, we just get an absolute pelicking from the from the oh, coach. Yeah, yeah. and then you go, okay, right, I'll get out there and do it. But yeah, I've seen some blokes just absolutely go, you know, yeah, a, a shade of white, mate, and then they just go out there stones. and you have to give them a slap in the back head and go, mate, just cop it on the chin, yeah, and get the job done. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Like I can, because I can differentiate. Like I've got like Costo. Yep. Okay, so. One of the best coaches I've had as a player coach. And then Matty Elliott, such a good coach of a man, you know, like, and they're, they're so different yep. to each other. Polar but opposite. I, but I, I liked them both very much yep. as coaches. But it's like, wait, if you brought those two together, like you're saying, Wayne Betty must have yeah. been such a fucking gun. Yeah. I'm going to plead the fifth on uh, worst coach. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Man, oh, yeah. Man, man. A lot of people can't, do. Can't, yeah. Can't do that. Yeah. Um, there are a couple, but they don't want me known. <laughs> um, a lot of people stay simple, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, wow. A lot of East blokes say that. Did they? Yeah. No, I, didn't, they, didn't. I played they, with Sips, but never got coached by him, so... Yeah, well, can't, I've met him, and he's a great... I've met him, he's a good, good guy, bloke. yeah. He's a good bloke. And player, yeah, look, I've mentioned him before, Jimmy Dimmick, just to me, mm. he had everything. He just, you know... Yeah. Just all the skills, mate. Just, Just... Just an out and out footballer, from yeah. great football brain, and that's why I really hope, and I hope in the next couple of years he gets a shot at um, shot at coaching. Yeah, you know, he's got to be unlucky, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, has, at he the has Bulldogs, yep. um, Cronulla, yep. he had to be very clever. Um, as not on the no, not as a coach, he played there. He did many yeah. years ago. He, he's um, been in a few systems, and at the Sharks, he was 
He, he must have been close there. Flanagan's right hand man, like they were thick as thieves. Yeah. Well, then then John Morris got it, and I'm just going. Yeah. And Morrison yeah. sort of, if you're the assistant coach, unless they're hiring someone outside the organisation, Morris had come from twenties to S and C. He was then twenties and came up through that. Where Dimming had a lot of experience. He was even caretaker coach at yeah. might have been at Canterbury. For yeah, a he bit. was there for a bit at Canterbury. Yeah, like yep. when they when they sacked um, was it Des? Mm. Yes, when they got yep. Hasler, yep. when they yep. rid of Hasler and and left him for that. Like then it's just it's funny how blokes get overlooked. Like the Broncos had to cut blokes and they cut that Ben Cross. And I heard him speak on a podcast the other day. And he sounds like he's a very good player coach. He's pretty intelligent bloke. He's always trying to better himself, learn things from yeah. other, had some great mentors and things like that. You just you can just miss the boat. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate. You, and I, th- I think Kevin Walters become like that. He's a great origin coach, and there's no doubt that I think he'd be a very he'd be a good fucking NRL coach. But you look at Meninga. Meninga's a great representative coach. Like figurehead. Yeah. Because yeah. would, would, would he be able to do it week in week no, out? No. Yeah. And blokes couldn't that's handle why, that. That's why. I, I think also with Kearney, I think he's always got to be that assistant coach. Yeah, fantastic assistant. I, I, you know, like I, don't, I can't see same. him being yeah. that head. Um, yeah, go. I, I'd throw throwing some more things at you still with um, with the Bronx, right? So, what do you go? Is Broncos your team? Or yeah, I still follow them. Yeah, yeah. 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 So me and me and Dano is Bronx. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Seagulls. They're complaining about some yeah. fucking forward pass, which was definitely forward. But um. And uh, oh they did, they, yeah. And uh, but uh, did you the with, bloke who sent me bro, insulting forward, messages? Oh, yeah, for, forward pass for sure. Um, but with, with no, I, I, I actually believe it was, it was so back, yeah. but, but um, oh, well, with the Bronx, what's happening with the Bronx when they come out after like that second half? Do you watch that and think, I oh, and and straight away go to like the reporters go, oh, it's a fucking coaching issue, or do you think that it's it's just the, you know, like I was saying to Dano, I think there's a, there's a massive difference between giving up mentally and physically, yep. and it's hard to turn that when, once you've given up mentally, even though your body's going through the motions doing that, it's hard to think that you're gonna be able to perform. Like, what do you think's happening there? Like, especially in that last one, because everyone everyone jumps on Broncos fans. I think are the worst in the league. Oh, yeah, because they, they've had so much yeah, success. Yeah, yeah. There's so expectations yeah, here yeah. all the time. They're a glamour club, yeah. and they've yeah. and they've underperformed since 2006. So, like, what do you see happening there? If I really got a question, you know, I, and I know Sebes. We mm. we played together at London. I know him. He's, he's a great man. I think he's doing a good job, but there's got to be he's going to have to take start taking some different measures. Hey, yeah. that side that he started with, I don't yeah. agree. No, why no. you got all these young kids, mate? You should have started with your most. Why Lodge didn't start and Offrey yeah. and Goway didn't start is beyond me. Yeah. You've got to go in with your most experience. They're at a stage now with suspensions and injuries that they've got to field some young blokes, but bring them in slowly, mate. Yeah. And but, he's gone and done it now. He's bought oats. Into the back row, yeah. They could and I stiffened could, it up a little could, bit. I could tell. I kind of thought I could tell. Oates is going nearly the way that he's performing. He's going fuck you. I don't want to be a winger anymore. I yeah, need. I want to be in, in the back yeah. row. Yeah. I just feel like I feel like I've, I've said it to um, a few people this weekend. I feel like there's there can be problems with coaches when you look at a side like a side that underperforms with a good team. Then you start looking at coaching problems. Like if you've got a bad side that underperforms. 
you can't really blame. Like the Titans have Justin Holbrook as a coach. Good coach. Won comps in yeah. in the in the um UK. in the UK. And his side just isn't quite there yet. And they're getting better. They beat the Tigers tonight. Yeah. But a side like the Bronx is sort of bit bit and bit like a decent coach, decent side. But when Seabolt has someone like Jermaine Asako, who's been a career outside back, come in to the middle, he was defending in the middle yeah. on Thursday night. It makes you think like there's obviously problems in the playing group, yeah. obviously. But, yeah. but there's also... The coaching decision to bring a rookie to fullback yeah. and then expecting to play fullback in defence and hooker in attack. How is you supposed to get a rookie to do that? Yeah. And then you bring a winger to full. He's your starting fullback, and then you push him into the middle to defend. Yeah, it's, there's just too much going on. It, I, and you're talking debutants and um, non-experienced players yeah. trying to do this stuff. It's, and it's a big, it's a big thing. Like because I was talking to Cantoni about it, the Savi, and I said, "Look, mate, I, I know it's totally different, and Australia would have shut off, but like." Um, in that 2013, when we played Australia, right, we're playing one of the best Australian teams, uh, like that, mm. for yep. for a while. They beat us 58 nil, okay, against a bunch of Queensland Cup, New South Wales Cup players. Yep. Then you've got two NRL teams, mm. and one beats one 59 nil. You yeah. know that that shouldn't happen no. in NRL. You know, no. like that's and it, that I think that's a mind. It, it's yeah. got to be the mindset Mate, thing. You're talking. You got a lot of young kids in there, yeah, mm. and you got a lot of young kids with a lot of weight on their shoulders. Like Haas, a 20 year old, he shouldn't be having the burden of the side that he is. I yeah. think they. Yeah. I reckon half the time they're thrown in the pill, expecting him to, you know, poke his head out the side every time, and it yeah. ain't gonna happen. Yeah. You look at where he plays his best when he's got those other guys around there doing their jobs, as I said earlier, yeah. and punching forward, and then he plays off the back of that and gets quick play the yeah. balls. And I, I don't know about you guys, but last couple of weeks when I watch it, there's just no speed of the line. Mm, no. Parramatta were flying up off the line. And Mate, you know what? Some of them are. Yeah, they, yeah. I, know, I, know we, I know we got belted in the penalties, and it was six again, six again, six again. We had yeah. all these sets in our own half. But, mate, you've got to test the referee. Yeah. And if you ain't, mate, some of the higher shots back, mate, they were back six metres. Yeah. You know, oh, 100%. And flying up. And because then, the rest and then the concentrating doing, on that. And the rooster right. speed oh, yeah. the line. Yeah. Their speed yeah. of the line was good. We seem to go up three metres and just hold and wait. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all. And you ain't going to dominate anyone and they're going to get momentum on us all the time. Yeah. I think it also comes to a bit of a fatigue factor, especially when you've got blokes that haven't played much first grade. Like you've got two back rowers who played four games each. Yeah trying to play 80 minutes and they're never ever going to have the ability to play at higher level for that long especially in today's game where it's a lot faster you got two blokes haven't done it before trying to sprint off the line 60 minutes in. but then now that we're two happen. two weeks into it do you guys enjoy the six again and the the, the fast pace you've got to get used to it you can yeah. see it's opening up score lines for sure yeah. like there's going to be different interpretations of it and yeah. desi uh, hasler i think questioned it yeah but it's you know, I like the I like the one referee. Yeah, you got to get they used don't get back to, to two. Like okay. they stick with one. Last yeah. week, um, Canberra beat Melbourne, and people were putting up, give them the trophy now. Today, Newcastle, Newcastle handed it to them. Oh, you know, same sort too. of thing. Like um, I worked them over on edges. Down, um, Curtis Scott really. He, was, he struggled, got struggled, struggled against Bradman Best, yeah. things like that. Just Clemens laid with, offloads, teared him apart. With, the, offload, with the Broncos in those first two weeks, they seem to be, like Steele was saying about with Haas, they set up to go to Fafita. 
So if a feed is yeah. not yeah. beating five blokes in a superhuman effort mm. and going fifty, yeah, they they lack something. And it's, it's how how long can that be their go-to play? That's with right. the Roosters, they're mentally strong as mm. fuck. And everyone does it. Uh, you lose mm. to Esco. That guy, I thought, oh, that's yeah. got to help play in the Broncos' yeah. hand. They throw Morris there. Those forwards, Cordner, outstanding. Cordner just terrorised Young Croft. Yeah. Everyone, Croft was tackling him, but then Cordner kept finding his front. They'd roll off that. They'd roll off that. They kept grinding him down. Young Collins coming off the bench. And when it's tough, Lodge and Tavita Pangoy, when he's there, they just try and grub it up. Lodge was trying to fucking shoulder charge up yeah. the blokes, trying to, like, and... Lodge, if you're gonna like, still saying you got to start him. Mm. You want if you're gonna if yeah. he's gonna bring that sting, do it early. Yep. Him coming off the bench looking like a big fat custard ass because he hasn't mm. done much preseason with his fuck knee. Yeah, you're wasting him. Mm. You want him out there when it's tough early. Because yeah, it's it and it's funny because it's like this style. Like Dano, me and Dano are pretty much on the same page with. I didn't like seeing McCulloch go. I wanted McCulloch. He was there good for today too, year, and he was good for Newcastle. It it, it's kind of like say, like with um. Hindmarsh, he would have played so many Queensland games, but for New South Wales, he didn't get selected a lot. Like, that's the style of player I look at where it's just the grinder. McCulloch would make all the tackles, and that he wasn't too flashy, but he's always there. And I, 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 I'm, I, piss, I get pissed off at losing players like him, and then they spend so much money on players like Milford, yeah. who, who is a fantastic player, but day, we haven't seen day. it enough, you know, like... Um, Going back to your question about the 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 rule changes and how we're liking it, I I sort of I, I like the six again rule, and I think the game is getting a lot faster. And obviously, the little man's coming to the game a bit more, and forwards are adapting. Bloke like Clamour has never usually had an offload. Is finding finding this form, which is bringing his little man to the game, which is great to see. But I just feel as if we need a second referee back, just because I think the one ref is too busy stinging his eyes at the ruck looking for ruck infringements yeah. to worry about the 10 metres. But you got touchies and, for that. you got touchies yeah, to but, tip but, him into. Yeah, but how often do they listen to the touchies? They do. It's professional setup. It's yeah. not park footy. I know. But the touchies are there, mate. They, just, they, they see should be in, They they're, should be in their should, ear. They should they're, be. They're, but they're, they're, they're referees. They're the next tier of referees. You've watched, if you've watched the Roosters game since the rules came in, I can guarantee you... I've watched plenty of games in two weeks. Mate, <laughs> Oi, but also um, Luke tell- Keary and Warrior Hargreaves have not been onside once. And it's because the referee's staring at the ruck, yeah. trying to find an infringement that Warrior Hargreaves on this side of him is up here and Keary on the outside is up here. That's, no, how, we, that's how we used to do it. You've got to run with it. You've got to run with it. You've got to yeah. push the envelope. You've got to yeah. you know, you've run got the, to referee the referee to his head and yeah. do it. Yeah. That, everyone else is doing yeah. it. They're getting away with it. What was his name? Um... Uh, was it Carrigan or Flegler? One of them young blokes who got folded by Radley called Warrior Hargraves yeah, out, said how he's not going to have his all we own way. We're going to put it on him. And he came out like a man on a mission, mm-hmm. Warrior Hargraves. So yeah. when they were a bit, they were standing off on him like Steele was saying, little things like that. If you're going to make comments, you've got to back it up. Yep. Yeah. You go out there and play well. No one gives a. And that's a, a I think that's also saying. one of the problems with the Bronx. Yeah, a bloke who's played. 20 NRL games you're calling out Rhea Hargraves who's been a premier mm. front rower for a long time yeah. pull your head in you've done nothing yet you might have had a handful of, he handful the, of good games but this bloke has been doing it day in day out for 10 years yeah. he made the mistake a few years ago of when they were playing the Cowboys in the semi to get into a grand final calling out Tomalalo and Tomalalo ran for 200 metres and they knocked yeah. the roosters oh, off so sometimes you've got to yeah. watch what you say or if you're not you've got to back up 
you got to put back yeah. things up. So still, you reckon, like, as a Broncos supporter, we, we see Bolt, we, we stick with him, like, like we believe in what he's going to do? Because, you know, obviously Wayne Bennett's come out and said, like, um, what's his name? Um, uh, the, his assistant coach down in Sydney, he should have been the one to take over Dimitri for the next, Dimitri, Dimitri, yeah. for the next 15 he's, years. He's a smart bloke. But no, Dimitri, you, 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 yeah. like, you like Seabold as a coach? Yeah, yeah. look, I... I there's a few things I think they need to do. Look, unfortunately, I think Darius has had his time. Yeah, mate. When there's no, there's nothing there. There's nothing going on, mate. Yeah, he's making tackles, but they're very passive tackles. He's not. That's they're it. not a dominant tackle, and he just doesn't offer anything in attack. Yeah, and 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 Milford, I think he, he needs to give. He needs to get have a week or two off, mate, to think about what he's doing because he's just not. He's. He's he, good when it's yeah. going is good, but he's not one yeah. who's going to dig in and, when it's tough. And he's and not, show and you, he's show not a twenty-year-old kid anymore. You no. can't be no. not like you can't be having your Darren Lockyer to run like when when he was with Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt kind of took that role of like mm. direction, yeah. and then Milford play off the back. But you don't have your your, your Darren Lockyer to play to be the exciting one. Yeah. You know, like you yeah. look at today, like in um, the Newcastle game against the Raiders, and the Raiders made a comeback. Pierce dug in when it was tough. It was getting yeah. physical, kicking into corners, leading the chase, getting whacked as he was kicking it, things yeah. like that where you want to be a big-name half, you've got to be able to guide your side home and you've got to be able to control the game when it counts. And you've got to – Milford is a flat-track bully. When he's on the front foot and they've rolled on, he'll carve up sides with his pace and his mm. footwork. Yeah. But you don't see that often. And he's on. What's he on? Near a million bucks a year. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, we got it. So we've been going for an hour and uh, hour and twenty. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, still, before we wrap this up, right? He usually breaks this down. But for, at now, how do you how do you stay physical and stuff? Just gym or yeah, you, you, yeah. yeah you, the old you, body, the old body's starting to get a yeah. little I was bit asked, creaky. So I just trying to. Oh. I just I probably train five days a week yeah. sometimes six i was asking cantoni do you do you do any wrestling or jiu-jitsu or anything no oh no. okay that's just uh, all... my, i reckon i'd snap my, my shoulders are that yeah. bad <laughs> yeah if someone tried to twist me the wrong way yeah. i reckon i'd snap in half yeah 60, so that's that sort of right. stuff that sort of stuff i wish i'd have done yeah um and all the crossfit training yeah i wish i'd have that was around when I was around because I would have yes. in preseason I would have done a lot of that. Yeah, uh, it's just the evolution of the athlete and and what what's accessible to them now. Yeah, uh, wasn't accessible back then. But I've just I've been doing professionally, you know, Queensland Cup since I was nineteen. That's so right. Yeah, I got to do something to keep the old body moving. Exactly. I don't want to seize up. Don't want to. Don't want to seize up. I, I enjoy. I enjoy training too. It's yeah. good, good for good for the mental health, mate. Makes you feel good in the morning. Yeah, to go to work oh, after 100%. doing a workout or something like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, we mate, we appreciate you coming no, on, and you. we appreciate fucking Brick Lane like yeah, fucking for the sponsor, yeah. like, yeah, awesome, jumping mate. on board for a tiny little thing like this, and then Roddy right, break us take us out, right? Thanks again to Steel and Brick Lane for everything they've done. We'll get you. Come down to Mitchy. We'll have some. I'm doing my best to see if we can get it stocked at Mitchy. Gotta yeah. ask the right people. Well, and I'd, ask like, the right I'd like for that live night that we do is yeah. just Brick Lane stocked. Yeah, that's yeah, what I reckon. Yeah, that's we'll try and work like. something out. Yeah. We're going to do uh, yeah. when everything's eased off and we can get a few people in there still. We're going to do a bit of a, we're going to do a show from the West Mitchy Clubhouse. 
So I'll invite you along if you want to come along and have a few cans, ask a few questions, That'd be um, great, mate. plug your products and stuff like that. Um, like Steele was saying before, all people in hospo industry, they've been massively struggling. There's restrictions are easing off. Everybody, if you like if you like to spend time at the pub, you like a beer, you like a feed, go in there, spend a little bit of money. At the moment, you're restricted by how long you can be, but that'll only, that'll only be a few more weeks, hopefully a month at the most. There'll be more people allowed in, get in the door. Even if I saw I saw uh, some pictures of people at the Fernigrove Tav the other night. God bless you. That's probably one of your record <laughs> crowds of six of six people. He fucking hates it. Make the Fernigrove Tav great again, like the old days. <laughs> Go back there, spend some money, help this poor place climb out of the sewage that it is lives in now, and be like other good pubs throughout the community. Footy's back. Keep supporting your team. We'll be back at Mitchie, hopefully, in the next six weeks or so. If you love your local footy, come down and support us. We'll be inviting anyone who wants to turn up to our night at Mitchie when we do a, when we do a program from down there at the footy club. Thanks again to Steele for coming on. Don't be a mercenary, and we'll be back in a week. Cheers, Thanks, boys. Thanks, Thanks Steele. Thank you. Cheers.